everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Hey, good morning, church, every place where you are. I'm so proud of what you're doing, giving this time to the Lord to worship, to, have, to light those mysterious fires of praise right where you are, and to, and to stay safe. You know, we're, um, the whole goal here, from the, the state to the county to the city, was to try to get kids back in school, right? And, uh, and hey, some, some of those schools are almost just about trying to think about doing that. So we're, we're in a good place, and we're, we're headed in the right direction. So thanks for sticking in there and for giving this time to the Lord. We're talking about a beautiful story. There are a lot of ugly stories out there, but we've got a beautiful story. And I want to encourage you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 26 to 31. And as we open the Word of God, let's open our hearts in prayer. So, Lord, again, as we read this amazing chapter in Scripture, we just we appeal to your mercy, Lord. There's no way that we can understand it unless you give us understanding. There's no way that we can see unless you give us the eyes to see. There's no way, Lord, that we can hear this unless you open our ears to hear your word of grace and truth. Have mercy on us and help us to receive your word. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And said to them, Be fruitful, and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed on it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life, In it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. A beautiful story, beautiful people. You have to to be careful about asking about human origins. I remember a, uh, a preschool mom told me a story about driving her four-year-old boy home from preschool and was driving him home, and he, he says from the back of the car, says, uh, Mommy, where did I come from? She thought to herself, wow. Um, I didn't think I was going to have to, you know, explain all that uh, quite so early, but she believed that being a good mom meant answering questions honestly, and so she kind of swallowed hard, and, and she told him everything. Oh, her little boy said. Amy says she comes from Indiana. Right. Where do I come from? The question of 
origins. We're telling the beautiful story, the story of everything. A good and beautiful God makes a good and beautiful creation. A beautiful world. God made a beautiful world. After I preached on that last week, a friend sent me a a solid John Calvin quote. Here it is. John Calvin. There is not one blade of grass, there is no color in this world that is not intended to make us rejoice. Solid. True. A beautiful God makes a beautiful world. And today, what we see is He put a beautiful people in it. A good and beautiful people. Yes, we're still in Genesis chapter 1. It's like we're not getting very far here, preacher, if we're going to tell the whole story, right? But the, the intro is so important. The setup is, is so key in our story of ourselves. Where we come from really sets the stage for everything that we understand about ourselves. Where do human beings come from? People wonder, you know, is Christianity a fundamentally human-affirming or human-debasing religion? Like, is, is, is Christ, when I think about Christianity, is Christianity, is it a, is it a people-loving thing or is it a people-hating kind of a thing? People think, you know, Christians, you, you talk too much about, about sin, you know, you're on all, all the time about, about the wrong things, the sin. And people don't want to hear about sin. They want to hear affirming talk. Maybe Christianity is just some kind of uh, people-hating thing. And maybe it's just some kind of a, a, self, uh, a self-supporting shame system. Like, I'm going to tell you that you're, you're sick, and so you need the, the medicine that I'm selling. Like, you're not sick, but I want you to feel sick so that I can get you to buy the cure that, 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 that I've got some kind of... Snake oil, right? Is that the story of Jesus? Is that the beautiful story of God? No. You know, the reason that we talk so much about sin, and and, and next week we'll talk even more about sin, the reason why we talk so much about sin is that we're, we're brokenhearted, about what's been lost. Before we talk about what's broken, let's talk about what God made. God made a beautiful people. Verse 26, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, right? God speaks in plural. Let us, let us, let us make mankind in our image. God is one God in community. The Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Was the Son part of creation? Yes, all things were made through him. Was the Holy Spirit a part of creation? Yes, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. Everything that God does, God does as a Trinity God, a perfect community of mutual love. A beautiful God. A beautiful God makes a beautiful world. 
And this Trinity God says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. We are made in the image of God. Beautiful God, beautiful people in the image. Is Christianity a people-hating religion? There's this, we proclaim, this one prominent point, we proclaim that all people were made in the image of God, bearing his likeness. This point, this, this, uh, this, this, in human history and human ethics, this is a, this is a foundation. This is, this is like a key point of Western civilization. The imago Dei, to get Latin on it, right? The image of God. We proclaim that all people were made in the image of God. And this one claim becomes the foundation for human dignity, for human responsibility, and for human capacity. Dignity, responsibility, and capacity. Number one, dignity. Human dignity. Why can't I dismiss the concerns of groups of people who feel that they are being discriminated against because of of their race? Why can't I just dismiss that? Why? Why? Because every race, every person has been made in the image of God. Dignity. Why can't, why can't I, why is it any concern of mine that children are, are, are sold into slavery halfway around the world? Why? Why? Well, because every, every race, every person is made in the image of God. Dignity. Why do I have to worry about hungry children in Ethiopia or girls trapped in prostitution in Thailand or or the people of, of Beirut whose city exploded because of the negligence of their government leaders? Why is that any concern of mine? Why? Because every person is made in the image of God. They bear the image of the Creator. And so rich or poor, enfranchised or disenfranchised, dignity is due to every human being. We're made in the image of God. There's so much, so much that could be said of the absolute, you know, pillar of Western civilization, the image of God, dignity. Number two, responsibility. What do we mean? Well, this whole notion of, uh, you know, let us, you know, so that they may rule, so that they may dominate, so that they may, you know, subdue. We, we like all that, right? Really, the, the, way, the best way to understand that is to take it this way. I'm going to give them power, says God. I'm going to give them some responsibility. Why? Because then they can be responsible for all the, the birds and the, and the, and the, the animals and the, and the trees and, and everything you know, responsible for. That's how we should understand that. That's how Eugene Peterson puts in the message. I love that. See, because this is, this is God's world. And he gives us this power, this dominion. He gives us this extraordinary influence over it. So much so that we could either 
plunder and violate it, or we could cultivate and nurture the beautiful world that God made. Responsibility. See, think of it this way. Um, if, if your uncle lets you use his condo in Breck, right? Glory to God, we're going to have a ski season. It's going to come. I'm believing in it. So your uncle lets you use his, his place in Breck. Like, do you, do you just, like, tramp through there, knocking your skis against everything and scratching the walls and, and just tearing stuff up? Do you just, just march through there in muddy boots, you know? Do you yank the artwork off the walls and go down to the pawn shop, see what you can get for it? No. You're, you're grateful. And, and you kind of... You want to care for the place. Like you want to, you even want to tend it a little bit. Like you, the best thing is really is that when you leave, it's a little better than when you came, right? Uh, I mean, maybe the kids spilled something, you know, a little. I don't even know those kids. You, you, want, to, you want to make it nice because you're grateful. Responsibility. Is a mature Christian disciple environmentally aware? You bet. This is God's place. And he's given you dominion. You know, make yourself at home. Of course, you want to take care of it. Look at this. God, God blessed them, verse 28, and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, because there's a lot of them, right? I mean, last week I thought maybe only a dozen fish, five birds, whatever. But there's tons of them. So let them rule over the fish and the birds and, and every other living creature that moves on the ground. We are, we are guests in God's place. Now, this does not mean that the environment is more important than people. And it does not mean does not mean that human cultivation of the environment is always wrong. There's this there's real active idea out there that that leaving nature to itself as it is is the only noble option. That somehow nature wasn't meant to have human beings in it. And any time a human being enters it, there's a problem. That's nonsense. What we see in Scripture is that God created, created this environment, created this world, created nature, and put us in it. Cultivate it, care for it, tend it, to have responsibility. You see, you have a role in this environment. The animals, they, I mean, they look to you. If your dog doesn't eat, that's your fault. You get it? You've got a, you've got a responsibility. Okay, dignity, responsibility, third, capacity. In the Imago Dei, we have capacity. We are creative in the image of the Creator. We, we have dominion in the image of the Lord of all. We love community in the image of the perfect community of the triune God. We, we have capacity. We have capacity for self-reflection, for self consciousness, you see? We can think about ourselves and be in relationship with ourselves. That's the image of God. You know, animals don't have that. A squirrel isn't, 
you know, captured with existential questions. You don't see a squirrel like wringing his little, you know, paws about the meaning of life. No. Find nut, bury nut, eat nut. That's it. But we, we think about ourselves. We think about our lives. We have self-consciousness. We have a soul. And what that means is we have, a, we have capacity for relationship. Relationship with ourselves. Relationship with others. Relationship with creation. Relationship with God. You have the capacity to have a relationship with God. We were made to worship, made to praise. When we respond to who God is, we have a, a capacity to be. You are actually made for relationship with God. To glory in the glory of God. Let us make mankind, says God, in our image, in our likeness. Listen, beautiful God, beautiful world, beautiful people with capacity to do beautiful Beautiful things. God blessed them, said verse 28. You see? God blessed them in his own image and likeness. God God blessed and God blesses us still with dignity, responsibility, and capacity in the image of God. Let us make mankind in our image, God says. And then what did God do? God did it. You see, God is an integrated whole. You and I, we quibble and deliberate about our plans, not God. God plans it, God does it. Let us make man an image. Done. So, verse 27. So, God created mankind in his own image. He said, Let's make mankind in our own image. Verse 27. So, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Male and female. You know, there are, there are foundational scriptures that simply to, to read them, I believe this is true in every era. There are foundational scriptures in every era that simply to read them with some measure of agreement is to run straight against the grain of contemporary culture in which we sit, male and female. Just reading that verse with agreement, I've, I've just disqualified myself from professorships at 95% of our nation's universities and most, and most of the seminaries. Why is that? Well, this has become a hard teaching. It's considered um, binary and discriminatory. But here it sits. In fact, this scripture is, is key. And along with uh, Genesis 24, Genesis 24 says, that is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is, is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Genesis 1.27 and Genesis 1.24 added together. This is the, the, the Christian biblical view of gender, sexuality, and marriage. And it never wavers. It runs straight through Scripture. Even Jesus 
preached on it. Matthew 19, Jesus said, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason the man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. You see, in our times, this is a hard teaching. And what do we do with hard teaching? We want to be empathetic. We want to be loving, be understanding, be kind. Reflect the love of Jesus when you enter into these kinds of conversations. Oh my gosh, there is so much pain, so much hurt, so much heated emotion. Families fly to pieces, careers end. To me, it, feel, it feels like one of the, it's like that moment when the potter is working on the wheel and all of a sudden the, the clay kind of goes wonky and just spins out of control and it's hitting, it's shooting everywhere at once and you don't know what it's going to hit. Friend, we need, we need peace. You need peace. Wherever you are in your understanding of, of gender issues, I just want to ask, I want to appeal to you. Can you take this verse Again, can you receive this verse as, as a foundation, as the base of the clay, as a, a starting point? I know it gets confusing. Can you receive this verse at a very minimum as the starting point? Start here. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Foundation. I was created by God. I am a man. She was created by God. She is a woman. We were designed, fashioned for one another. You know, it's like, it's like going uh, down into the basement, the foundation of the home, and just laying your hand in all the chaos and heat, just going down into the cool and quiet and still, and just laying your hand again on the, on the foundation stone. Isaiah warned that there'd be times when beauty looks ugly and we get confused. And Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, put darkness for light, light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What's he saying? He's saying, friends, we get turned upside down. We get all twisted up. And sometimes we can't see. We can't tell good from, from bad or beautiful from ugly. I'm, what I'm telling you is this is not ugly. This is beautiful. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing that God has made us in such a way. And listen to me. I believe this. There is peace that comes. There's peace that comes when you submit your thinking to the word of God. And you just sort of go down in that basement, you touch that stone, say, Lord, there's so much confusion, and I don't understand it all. I don't have all the answers, Lord. But can you help me see the beauty? Can you help me to know the good? And can you bring me peace? We pray. And then, friends, be kind. Be kind. 
Be loving. Verse 31, God saw all that he had made, all that he had made, and it was, what? Very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. It was good, it was good, it was very good. God delights in all that he made. God delights in having made you, having fashioned you, human beings, in his image and likeness. And I haven't even scratched the surface of the human body itself. What an amazing thing. What a beautiful thing, the human body. All of its amazing systems and integrated beautiful powers and what capacity to make and achieve and, and create and love and sing and, and, and heal. What a capacity to, to fight off uh, viruses and bugs and bacteria and the immune system, right? What a beautiful thing. Go immune system. We're behind you. Rah, rah, you know, what an what a f- incredible thing, a beautiful thing is the human body. It's beautiful. Beautiful God makes a beautiful world and makes beautiful people within it. Now, a lot has gone wrong, and we're going to talk about that next week. But it isn't right to start with what's gone wrong. It's right to start with the world God made and the people God made, a good and beautiful God made a good and beautiful world and put good and beautiful people within it. God blessed us to be a blessing. And so there is much goodness in you. Dignity, responsibility, capacity in the image of God. So I end with this thought, this question again. Is Christianity a human affirming or a human debasing religion? Well, it isn't humanism. It doesn't put, it doesn't put our, it's, its faith in the human. Humanism says, all, I rest all my faith right here in the human being and in the human ability to always make progress, to always be on the rise, to conquer and overcome any challenge that comes our way. It's not humanism, Christianity. Because listen now, humanism is, it creates problems. Humanism creates victims. Think about this. If I'm, you see, if I'm, if I'm perfect and I'm able to bring about my dreams and my visions for myself, well then, why am I so frustrated? It can't be me. So it's got to be something out there, right? Something is out there making me a victim. It's the, it's, it's the government, it's the, it's the system, it's the, it's the church. It's you doing this to me. See, humanism makes, makes victims. And victims are trapped. Beautiful story. The beautiful God doesn't, doesn't create victims. It tells a story of a beautiful people subject to sin victims are trapped but sinners get redeemed Tim Keller put it this way 
said the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. A beautiful people. We are not victims, but we are sinners in need of a Savior. In Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners, you are more loved and accepted and valued and treasured restore to us a picture of the beauty of the image of God in every human being. Lord, may there never be a day where we engage anyone without seeing a hint of the image of God, your image, on their face, in their person, that we can celebrate the beauty of your image. And we can know too, Jesus, We are not victims. We are sinners in need of a Savior. And you are right there with us and for us to restore the beauty that you made to your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.